an executive in residence with the Selinger School of Business and Management at Loyola University, Maryland. And it's my privilege to facilitate this conversation today between Sarah Yang at Brown Advisory and Michael D'Onofrio, one of our students. I'm really excited about today's topic because we're going to be talking about sustainability and specifically sustainable investments. Uh, and I think there's a, a lot that our students can learn about this, both from the perspective of sustainability at large and what goes on in the industry, as well as how investors uh, kind of look at that area and where, you know, where the money goes. So uh, to start us off, Sarah, would you mind uh, giving us an introduction to yourself and maybe tell us, tell us a little bit about what you do at Brown? Yeah, of course. Thanks, Dave. I'm really glad to be with you and, and looking forward to the conversation with both yourself and with Michael. Um, so yeah, I work at Brown Advisory, as you said, and Brown Advisory is an investment management firm. Uh, we have a big office in Baltimore, but also up and down the East Coast and a, a few other offices dotted around the world. And really, there are two sides to our business. One is that we work with uh, individuals, families, endowments and foundations and, and help to manage their assets, really adding value throughout the investment process. So thinking about... Um, helping them with financial planning or asset allocation, or even planning for things like philanthropy or tax strategy. And then the other side of the business, which is where I spend most of my time, is what we call the institutional side of our business, where we run a number of strategies, both fixed income strategies and public equity strategies that um, the clients on the other side of the business I spoke about use, but also uh, banks, pension plans, things like that. And on both sides of those businesses, we've recently, well, actually for many years now, but particularly in the last few years, seen a real growth in a demand for sustainable investment solutions. And so that's where I work uh, on our sustainable investing team, um, assisting the portfolio managers, the research analysts, and um, it's a really exciting part of the business to be in. So looking forward to discussing it more with you both. Well, we're excited to have you, and it is exciting. I mean, it's something that has gotten a lot of uh, visibility, and uh, I think it only stands to gain more. So we're glad you're with us today, Sarah. Uh, Michael, would you care to introduce yourself and then uh, take it away? I'll let you uh, run the show here. Absolutely. <clears throat> Hello, everybody. Uh, I'm a first year here at Loyola. Um, I'm a sustainability management and double count, uh, accounting double major. Um, I'm the president and founder of Sustainable Management Club. We just started running up this year. And uh, the intent is just to learn my peers and get to know the business more. Um, solo Sarah, thanks for being here. I like to start off by saying, um, what is sustainability investing? Michael, it's such a good question. And it's, it's really the million dollar question, maybe more accurately, the trillion dollar question these days. But Sustainable investing is our term of choice at Brown Advisory to describe this, but you'll hear a lot of different terms in the industry for it. Some people use the term socially responsible investing or SRI. Um, there's green investing, impact investing. Um, you'll hear me use the acronym ESG a lot, which stands for environmental, social and governance um, investing. But really the common thread through all of these is that investing can be about more than just you know, financial returns. It can also be about uh, aligning your investments with your values or, or trying to have positive impact. And I think that this is, it's getting a lot of attention now, 
but it's a really old idea. Like I think you can look back even into some like ancient religious texts and see this idea of stewarding your wealth well. Or you can think about the in the 1980s there was a big movement to divest from like apartheid South Africa, and that you know played a big role in, in bringing down that regime, which I personally am very grateful for because that's where I grew up. But also on a smaller level, you can see divestment from, say, you're a foundation who's involved in helping uh, people who've struggled with drug addiction be, uh, be rehabilitated. You might want to make sure that your investments are not in companies that are fueling the opioid epidemic in this country, for example. Um, and then more recently, the approach to sustainable investing, and this is where Brown Advisory fits in, is the idea of taking um, traditional fundamental research that you would, that an investment manager would generally do when trying to pick companies or bonds to put into um, a fund or portfolio. And alongside that traditional research, also conduct what we call ESG research. So research into the environmental, social and governance performance of the company or issuer under consideration. And we really believe that when you consider those two things side by side, it can really drive the fundamental performance of the strategy, um, but also provide values alignment. Um, and so those two things, the ESG and the fundamental really going hand in hand is how we think about sustainable investing. Thank you for that. Yeah, I never uh, thought to look at it through like so many different perspectives, even like looking back at history to learn about what the future might even be like. Um, and speaking about that, uh, at Brown Advisory, um, you know, on that company level, what's the culture like? How do you how do you work with your staff, and how do you guys approach really looking into sustainability investing? Yeah, that's a great question. We at Brown Advisory we we use the phrase a lot that that we're trying to raise the future, and what we mean by that is we're trying to play our role in ensuring that um, through our work um, in at Brown Advisory and in our community that we're leaving it a better place than you know it was when we started and you know for us we're a, a, in, a, in the business of serving our clients and that really is our first priority and, and that helps to give clarity and purpose but there's so many things that go on underneath the surface to help us do that well. Um, one is that we're a very flat organization which allows for a sort of entrepreneurial spirit um, we have an equity structure where everyone from the moment you walk in the door, whether you are the receptionist um, or the new CEO, you get um, equity in the company. And that really drives a sense of ownership and feeling like you're part of a team. Um, another would be uh, a value of diversity, equity and inclusion, um, and just ensuring that there are different perspectives that are heard within the company. Um, and we really think that that is important for making well, helping us come up with better ideas. Um, and then a focus on long-term learning. You know, there's a wonderful tuition reimbursement and everyone is always trying to learn something new and grow. And all this you know, helps us to be better investors and to serve our clients better. And then another key part of our culture, you know, which is part of that list, but I'll draw it out separately for the purpose of this conversation is sustainability. And, you know, it's a very core part of our investment offerings um, and our new product development, but it's also an important internal practice for us to make sure we're practicing what we preach. You know, we can't go and say to companies, oh, you must do this and this in terms of your environmental management and, and not pay attention um, to it ourselves. So that's a huge part of what it means for us to, to raise the future. 
what are the common struggles that your clients have towards when they're trying to achieve becoming either more sustainable or even when learning to what uh, to invest in? Yeah, I think that one difficulty I, I alluded to a little earlier, and I guess I don't see this necessarily as a difficulty, as a challenge, and I think, but it is what does sustainable mean? You know, sustainable can mean different things to different people, and I don't, I don't think we view that as a problem. I think we view that as a challenge and as exciting, and we've developed um, some like client, some workshops that we can do with our clients to help them figure out, well, what does sustainability mean to them? What are their goals in that? Um, area and, and for some of them it might be none but for, for many of them they have loads of ideas and we can help them distill that down and then similarly it's that we need to be very clear on what are what do we mean by sustainable in the funds that we operate that we have labeled sustainable um, another challenge is that you know no company or issuer is going to be perfect and so you might have a company that is doing a really great job on managing um, things from an environmental perspective. Perhaps they have a product or service, you know, that's meaningfully helping to reduce um, you know, the greenhouse gases being emit emitted into the atmosphere or something like that. But maybe they're not doing such a good job on like the S of ESG on the social and maybe they have some labor issues. And it's really a bit of a qualitative decision in the end for the portfolio managers as to whether or not that company deserves to be in the portfolio because you can't expect perfect performance but clients might have different perspectives on what should be weighed and so for us it's just making sure we conduct the research and we can defend our decision um, while also trying to take into consideration um, and learning from our clients um, the last thing I would just say is there's a challenge in sustainable investing, but there is sometimes a lack of data that's disclosed. And so sometimes it's hard to measure the actual environmental impact and particularly measuring the social impact that a company might be having. And so um, quantification is, is a struggle sometimes, but even, but in the last few years, been seeing a lot more disclosure coming and we hope for more in the future. So those are a few thoughts. Michael, would you mind if I ask Sarah a follow-up question to that? Absolutely. Thank you. So, Sarah, you know, you you, you said something that uh, I've noticed in my conversations with other executives, and you know, sort of thinking about this area of sustainability, that perfection is difficult, almost elusive, right? I mean, you know, to be to be uh, environmentally, rather, to be sustainable in all the three areas, the E, S, and G areas. Uh, it takes a lot. Are you noticing any sort of tendencies among the client corporations that Brown deals with that you're familiar with? Uh, maybe they're gravitating to one and maybe struggling with another or uh, what, what do you may I ask what you're seeing in that regard? Yeah, I think that's a great question. Um, I think that for a lot of companies, it starts with looking at the G and looking at governance, because often you can't it's hard to say we're going to be good in environmental, we're going to be good in social, if you don't really have those governance practices in place that are going to be making those kind of decisions. And so I would say that that is often the starting place is having good governance where they're setting, uh, able to set goals with authority. Um, I think that, you know, there are two areas that are, are bubbling to the surface at the moment, you know, climate change is obviously one that many, many companies are looking at and trying to understand both, you know, 
what are the risks that climate change may be posing to their business, as well as what impact are they having on you know, the environment and on climate and trying to quantify and, and understand that a bit better and, and then take steps to address it. And then in the last year, there's been an explosion of, of focus on diversity, equity and inclusion um, at companies we've seen uh, just this year, an increase in the number of uh, proxy, so proposals that are brought to the board, to shareholders to vote on, are asking for disclosure on, on things like gender pay gap or um, you know, similar things like that, maybe something to do with racial discrimination. And just to, I think companies are realizing that it's, it's important to focus on these things and that diversity, equity, and inclusion can actually, a focus on it is not only good reputationally, but it can be good for business as well. Oh, thank you. That's good. You know, the conversation I had with uh, an executive in the Baltimore area uh, said something that I think resonated with what you said. He said, you know, when you make a determination about sustainability, it becomes a core value sort of decision. So your point about it starting at the governance level, I think, is really, really uh, a, a, a great way to begin to think about where sustainability emanates from, right? Yeah. And I think one I mean, that reminds me one metric or, or thing that we, we often ask companies is, okay, maybe the company is, is setting goals, but are those goals tied to like the executive compensation? You know, is there some way that executives or senior leaders are, are being held accountable and that sustainability isn't just siphoned off into this, you know, one small department, but it's actually you know, pervasive throughout the company. Wonderful. Thank you. Michael, thank you for allowing me to ask that question, please. Yeah, um, I completely agree. You know, you're dealing with companies uh, that you're transitioning into um, sustainable investing. You're changing one of their core practices of business. And it can't be an easy task. And when looking for perfection, you obviously aren't going to find all time, but you'll find something that works. Uh, and speaking upon that, despite the lack of, you said, data in sustainability management, uh, obviously Brown Advisory is thriving because you found you have found things that work. Um, whether there's some of the things that you have found um, help uh, companies transition uh, to more sustainable practices? What are some of the trends that you're seeing that are working? Yeah, I think for us, we believe that, and this is really an approach that was pioneered um, at Brown Advisory at least by um, two of our portfolio managers, um, well, actually three, Karina Funk and David Powell, who manage our large cap sustainable growth strategy, and then Amy Howder, who is on our head of our sustainable fixed income team and is really pioneered it there, but it's this idea that sustainability is beneficial to a business. You know, it's not to think that actually if a business uh, engages in, in practices or has products that are cleaner, greener, you know, more efficient, that this is actually going to be good for the financial performance of the company. And I think that when companies can click and realize that these two things go together, it's actually can be very uh, powerful in moving companies towards transition. Um, so for example, saving money, money through energy efficiency, you know, we see companies deciding to move towards uh, maybe renewable energy or um, even something like if you are a, a consumer, like a, a Walmart or something, and you change all the light bulbs in all your stores to be you know, light bulbs that are going to last longer and be more energy efficient, like that can have a financial impact on the company. Um, or even board diversity or diversity in the executive suite. You know, there's evidence that um, having a, a diverse board 
leads to better decision making and that's good for the company's performance and so those kind of things where you can really tie um sustainability to a business to business performance i think is a really helpful thing for transition i think as investors we try to play our role um, as stakeholders in companies through engaging with um, both companies and also with other types of bond issuers. So for example, like municipalities um, and really just encouraging, you know, letting them know that these are things that matter to us and as investors, that these are things that matter to clients and, and really wanting to understand these. And we hope that using our voice in that way helps to, to move the needle. Um, for example, you know, we really encourage companies to take the step of you know, setting and disclosing their climate related goals, for example, and getting them verified um, as science based targets and publishing their progress towards um, meeting those goals. Uh, so we really hope that we can play a role there as well. We know that achieving the trip bottom line um, is important for companies. Um, how does the trip bottom line come into consideration for your investment strategy and discussion with your clients? Yeah, so I think for us at Brown Advisory, we have an approach to evaluating this, which we call the Sustainable Business Advantage Framework, which was developed by Karina Funk and David Powell. And in this framework, we're looking to identify companies that are using sustainability to make their businesses better. So for example, we look for companies that have products that are sustainable that might be driving their revenue growth. So this could be something like, you can think about uh, like a Google or an Amazon or a Microsoft, they have their cloud computing products. Those products really help um, with energy efficiency um, and really just, yeah, saving energy usage for their clients. And so, and they are big revenue drivers for that company, those companies. And so tying those two things together, saying this is a sustainable product that's helping grow the revenues of the company. Um, is kind of how we think one way to think about that triple bottom line. Another could be through cost efficiencies, so or cost improvements. So I think of a company, one of my favorite companies that we hold is Ecolab. And Ecolab has developed these technologies that help their clients to save a lot of water. And so reducing their costs that they have to pay for their water usage and also reducing you know, water usage, which is important, especially in, in places like maybe California that are um, often struggle with, with drought or something like that. And then another way to think about it would be enhanced franchise value. So companies that have made sustainability a core of um, what their franchise is, of how they want to be known. So somewhere like Starbucks, you could think about it, say sustainability is really core to their message, to who they are. And that has translated into customer loyalty and really helped to grow the company. And so when we think about you know, the triple bottom line, as you put it, it's really trying to always bring together the, the fundamentals, the financial performance with sustain and how sustainability can drive that. Actually, could I um, ask Michael a question? I think, I think it's only fair that we turn this into a bi-directional sort of interview. Uh, Michael, uh, speaking for yourself and also for your fellow club members, what are some of the things that have driven uh, you and your fellow club members, people in the major, to actually want to major in sustainability management and, and you know, some of the things that you perceive they're hoping to achieve when they get out to the business world? Absolutely. 
Um, the one thing that I found that drives interest uh, from people that have joined my club and the people I'm getting uh, that are coming in constantly are that they already have a connection from their home community. Um, either when they're identifying a problem locally, um, they're coming to the platform college, it's much bigger. And then you can go into your professional world, it's gonna be even bigger. Basically carrying those values that you learned from your smaller community and continuing to apply mm -hmm. them um, with better skills because as you're going and as you're learning, you're going to be able to perform better, um, but always holding on to those uh, core values. Um, I know from my personal experience, uh, I had a little small local project, get rid of plastic bags in my town. Um, and from that point on, I always had this idea of that, okay, you really have to have a plan. You have to have an action and you have to have people that help you. Um, I'm a first year that joined, uh, that made a club. I'm working with seniors and juniors that have a lot more experience than me. But the best thing is that we all have a passion and a connection to wanting to make the world um, a better place, but starting at our local level. Um, and that's either here on campus or when we go back home with our communities. Well, that's wonderful. Sarah, any thoughts on that? Does that sound like a, a good MO for a uh, budding sustainability uh, professional? It absolutely does. I think I'm, sounds like I'm sort of preaching to the converted as it were. <laughs> That's great. That's great. And, and I think your point about, uh, and I'll put it in my own terms, being able to, uh, once you're in the business community, show that you're adding value through sustainability is important. I think there's a lot of things, whether it's, you know, the environmental piece, whether it's the DEI piece, um, that it's one thing to be passionate about and believe it's right from a, an ethical perspective, if you will. Uh, it's another thing to be able to convince others of that. And I think the idea that uh, you're showing the organization how you can add value, which at some point does go to that P and profit, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I think is an important mindset that, uh, that students have. And Michael, it sounds like as a combined sustainability management and accounting major, you're, uh, you, you might be the archetype for that, uh, that model. I'm looking to, looking to lead, yeah. Very good, very good. Um, Michael, do you have any final thoughts? I think this has been a really wonderful discussion. Uh, do you have any final thoughts you wanna share? And then I'll ask uh, Sarah if she has any. Um, I wanna, yeah, thank you for the advice you gave to me. I'm definitely gonna be passing on that to my, uh, my club members. Um, well, thoughts? You can edit this out later. I'm thinking, because I really do have something. I don't want to be under pressure of the recording, though. Um, geez. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm... Not to worry. Not to worry. Yeah. Not to worry. Tell you what, I'll ask Sarah if she has any. And if you want to come back in, you can. <laughs> we'll be cutting like crazy on this thing. Good. Sarah, <laughs> uh, do you have any thoughts? Make me thoughts? feel better for messing up a little earlier, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm owed one, then. I, I, I'm still due one. Yeah, you um, still do one. <laughs> Uh, Sarah, uh, what final thoughts would you care to share with us uh, about you know, the discussion or other things that maybe we didn't get to talk about? Yeah, I think that you know, I work in sustainable investing because for me, my driving passion in life is to help people use their resources well. And I think that that is something that can be applicable in multiple <laughs> different job fields, but this is the one that has really resonated for me. Um, because I think that there are some really thorny challenges that we need to fix in this world and it can be difficult and it takes people um, with diverse perspectives. Um, it takes hard work and it takes, yeah, it takes passion and commitment. And so 
I would just encourage those of you who are, you know, pursuing a, a career in sustainability that it's worth sticking with. It's so important and it, it really is how we will raise the future together. I want to thank you both for this interview um, and this opportunity. You know, there's a cliche uh, that we toss around a lot, but I think it was really brought out in the conversation we had today. It's, you know, doing well by doing good, right? And it's this idea that organizations can do well financially uh, with their customers in their markets uh, by doing good, right? By, by, and, and sustainability or ESG, whichever frame we want to put on that, uh, actually, I think is one example of how that occurs. So, uh, Michael, thank you very much for, uh, you know, kind of giving us the student perspective in this interview. Uh, Sarah, thank you for giving us your time. I, I, I know no better word than that it was a delight to speak with you and, 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 and listen to you today. So uh, thank you both, and I wish you both a great day. Thank you both. It was wonderful. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you.